I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the Secretary of Statistics, Garrett Hirschberg. <laughs> if you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook. Just search Pack Center, and while you're at it, follow us on Twitter at Pack Center NV. <laughs> We'll be starting up with Wolfpack Radio again in a few weeks, and through them we have partnered with KWNK 97.7. But out of all that, I think the most exciting part is the full hour-long slot, and that means an hour of podcast. That means more interviews, more sports, more segments, and maybe even some commercials. Fingers crossed. But before we start the show, we would like to take a 10-second moment of silence for those affected by the tragic shooting in Las Vegas. Thank you. Now, now, Garrett, I want to start off this show talking about Colin Kaepernick. He has not been signed yet to a team despite all these other not-so-great quarterbacks getting signed in the NFL. I know you, you have some ideas on this one, right? Yeah, this is all coming up. This is all coming up because two days ago, the Tennessee Titans signed uh, Brandon Whedon to, be, to fill the void of Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota suffered an injury in Sunday's game, and so he will most likely be out a couple weeks, so you're looking for a quarterback to step in. I don't think Kaepernick would have been the right fit here because it is only going to be a temporary thing, so Brandon Whedon's ceiling isn't high. So they are going to have to live, the Titans are going to have to live with this, uh, with him just for Marcus Mariota is going to be out for a couple weeks. Well, I think Kaepernick would be good fit for the Raiders because we don't know how long Derek Carr's back injury is going to be. So it's anywhere from two to six weeks. And plus, once you have a back injury, you're never fully healthy. And plus, I feel like the Raiders culture would better fit Kaepernick. Yeah, Derek Carr Romo'd out on this one. Uh, he did Romo. <laughs> but yeah, they have EJ Manuel starting and I mean, EJ Manuel's uh, a decent quarterback. He played. He played for the Bills. Yeah, he was a top draft pick. Um, never was really that great. He was good. It was good, but he never led the team anywhere like Kaepernick did for the Niners. You know, I think Kaepernick just has this. He he was an elite quarterback for a while. I mean, I think that's that could be up for debate a little bit. You know, but he did lead a team to a Super Bowl after starting midseason, uh, and he he. Changed the eyes of the, of the 49ers fans. We had no idea that it was possible for. We had no idea who Colin Kaepernick was, and then all of a sudden he he goes on the field and he he st- he shines like a star, and so much so that they get rid of Alex Smith to their good friends the Chiefs. Uh, but Kaepernick, uh, he's got a lot of bad stuff going around him. I mean, a lot of controversy, and I think that's what's really keeping teams from from signing him. I think from listening to a lot of sports personalities, um, they don't they don't think a team's going to sign Kaepernick as a backup because they're going to bring too much media attention. And with a backup quarterback, there is no media attention. Like when, like for example, although Aaron Rodgers was just in the in the league for a few years, no one knew his untapped potential when he was backing up Brett Favre. So. You never like sign these big name players to be backup, and and so that's why I think one reason he's still unsigned. Granted, I think he should should be starting. There have been some awful players to be signed. Scott Tolzien, 
Josh McCowan, Brian Hoyer of your beloved Niners. <laughs> Eli Manning has been playing awful. And so I think that there are some teams that Kaepernick should go to, but some teams that he shouldn't because they don't fit. Like, I don't think he should go to the Giants because they have, like, a pass-heavy offense. And one thing that we've seen Kaepernick succeeded is where you get involved with the running and passing, like the read option. We saw this when he was um, – they took out the read option his last year in San Francisco, and he didn't do as well. Yeah, no, that, that move definitely wasn't the right one for the Niners. I think that was really the downfall of the Niners. They were trying to change up a scheme, and Colin Kaepernick kind of got left – uh, left behind on that one, uh, but you mentioned him going to the Raiders would be a, a great, a, a really good fit. You know, they they brought on EJ Manuel for the Ravens game. Uh, he might be a good fit as well. But Kaepernick just brings this sense of of elite quarterbackness. You know, he's almost a veteran quarterback. You know, he had a couple a couple of really good years. Uh, he might be a little washed up now, though. I, I I don't know because he hasn't been playing recently. He hasn't been practicing. He's been avoiding all media. That There's one thing Kaepernick needs to do. He needs to sit down, whether it's with Fox, ESPN, CBS, us. We're media now. <laughs> yeah, Kaepernick, and, if you're listening, come on. Yeah. Hiss and talk to someone. Like, I think he's only done one interview since he was released by the Niners. And that's something that he needs to do. Like, you can't, like, your, your peeps, like, talk for you because their opinions might not be yours. Yeah, I know I've seen a lot of people uh, ask other players before what do they think about the whole Kaepernick thing. And it's like, why are you talking to them? Talk to Kaepernick. Talk to the experts. Uh, talk to the coaches. Talk to the to the GMs of teams. These are the guys who will know why they're not signing Kaepernick. Ask the Raiders, why did you pick E.J. Manuel over Colin Kaepernick? You know, they might say some some stuff about oh we just believe in EJ Manuel more you know but in reality it's because of this black lives matter stuff that Colin Kaepernick has started and it's become this whole big thing in the NFL but you know I don't really want to get into that because I'm not an expert on it and neither of us are experts uh so I want to move on to another Nevada quarterback Ty Ganji who's smooth is, smooth, tra- smooth transition thank you thank you uh he's going to be starting again you know especially it's always hit and miss with Nevada these days. We never know who's going to be the starting quarterback. He always got to reevaluate at the, at the end of every game because Norvell's been flip-flopping around really uh, a lot. But let's take a quick listen to what Norvell said uh, on Tuesday in the press conference. You know, I thought Ty Ganji did some good things in the game. Um, he threw for a much higher percentage in the game. Uh, we had a couple turnovers that were costly to us. A couple of those, uh, we got to clean up some route running by some young players, uh, but that's really something that that we can we can fix and adjust. But I thought he made some progress in the game as as our quarterback. I agree that he's made some progress. I I, I have to say I think that uh, he's starting. He's looking a little bit more comfortable. And despite losing against uh, Fresno, who it was a tough op- opponent and. But we and we did struggle quite a bit. I think that this is starting to become Ganji's team again, especially with Cornwell gone, you know. And we've been we went to practice on Tuesday as well, and we saw Kami Kier in his first snap that we saw he dropped, so he's still looking like Butterfingers out there. Thank God Norvell stuck with Ganji. This this quarterback situation needs to end. 
Ganji needs to start the rest of the games out. You're not going to build a quarterback's confidence when he has to, when he has to worry about, am I starting this week? Yeah, exactly. You know, you need to be able to sit out there and and, and really create that that teamwork ability with the your chemistry. The chemistry. Thank you. The chemistry with with your wide receivers, your offensive line, your running back. You know, and, until your so your team can start moving like a well-oiled machine. And you can't be doing that if you keep moving parts out and trying to fix it all the time. You know, it's not that's not how you how you mold a football team. Yeah, and with football, you understand injuries happen. So, like the, for the game against Washington State, star running back Jackson Kincaid was injured, and so like I think that like these things are like unpredictable. But one thing you can predict is who's going to be starting at quarterback. And if you listen to if you go back and listen to the post-game press conference after after the loss, it almost seems like Norvell was blaming the receiving core. Well, he did that again in the press co- in the clip that we just showed. He was like, "We need to work on clean route running and all that stuff." And it's yes, I think that that might be the case. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of young freshmen playing for Nevada. I think they got nine freshmen who are getting significant playing time a game, which is a lot. And which could also be part of the reason why we're not doing so well. We don't have that veteran feel to it. But clean route running might be one thing. But I think just getting the wheels turning, you know, and 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 playing their schemes right and the reads and things like that. We watching we watched Ganji this week, uh, and I remember this one play where I, I turned to you and I was like, his reads are really slow. We saw him him look at one read, almost throw the ball, stop his stop midway. And come back and, and take the other option, but that was a that took him a whole second and a half to try to figure that one out. And in a real game situation, he's going to get hit. Now we don't know if the team was going 100% speed. It looked like it looked like they were going 50%, just based on like how like the off receivers were moving. Um, but you're right; neither quarterback looked look good at practice. And so I'm hoping that for the upcoming games in the future, our quarterbacks look phenomenal. Because that's one thing Nevada's really prided itself on is having good quarterback play. Yeah, let's take a quick look at uh, Ganji's stats, Garrett. So Gan Ganji went thirty against uh, Florida uh, against not Florida State, Fresno State. Ganji went thirty-one of forty-eight, two fifty-three, two touchdowns and three picks. Those two two touchdowns were literally in the last minute and a half of the first of the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we were watching this game from uh, the wall. And the Little Waldorf Saloon. The Little Waldorf Saloon. Pay us money now. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we, we we saw Ganji go off in the last uh, couple minutes of the game, and you think that that was going to bring in some momentum going into the second half. You know, what – what? Um, Especially with Nevada receiving the ball at halftime. Exactly. You know, he's – Ganji must be excited going into the half. You know, the one thing that, that might have stopped the momentum is going into the half and having that 15 minutes to cool off. Um, but I think Norvell could have done something better uh, in boosting the team's morale before going out. You know, they came out kind of flat, too, mm-hmm. in the second half, and it just kind of stuck around. One thing we've noticed a lot from this Nevada offense, if it's third and short or fourth and short, you th- they throw the ball backwards. Mm-hmm. Like... If you need three yards, throw it four. Make sure you have enough yards to pick up that first down. Don't make it a space game because Nevada doesn't have that shifty of players to go out and like make 
three people miss, like LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, you, you see that the play calling, they're expecting their, their players to make a lot of moves, and that's not really how it, it plays out in college ball a lot of the time. You know, you've got to be able to play smart football. We've been saying that every week. You know, stop going for it on fourth down and start throwing it in front of the line of scrimmage. It's, in it's, front of the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's not like we have a it, short play. It's not like we have uh, Marshawn Lynch who can just truck everyone and fall forward for four, for like six, seven yards. We need Nevada needs to be able to know if it's third and three, you got to throw it at least four yards. Mm-hmm. Don't throw it backwards and end up losing seven. Yeah, or at least do a, a decent run play up the middle. If you know if you're gonna work the ground. Do a run play, play powers. You know, truck someone. Have have Kincaid go head on someone. You know, and don't be going for these uh, QB sneaks from the pistol or the shotgun. That was week one. We haven't seen that since. I, I know, but it's still haunting me. Like I don't and know why we would do that in the first place. Nevada struggled against the run, ge- run against Fresno State's run defense. Stop running the ball if it's struggling. It's simple as that. If you're struggling against something. Then you gotta come out, make it look like you're running the ball, run a play action, and you get the defense to bite, and then you throw it to an open receiver. Simple as that. Doug Newth, if you're listening to us, uh, Garrett's looking for a, a head coaching position. Offensive coordinator. Offensive right. coordinator. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he doesn't want to take take all the uh, responsibility of going into press conferences. Oh no, I'm not trying to coach defense either. Oh, that's true. Yeah. In Mad- I, I let, I let the, in Madden, I let the coach, uh, the auto coach thing do yeah, that. Yeah, I was just about to say I do that too. <laughs> in connected franchise, I just uh-huh. throw, I just throw it on uh, offense only. You know, no one wants to deal with all the defensive yeah, stuff. You're right. Yeah, uh-huh. especially in the new Madden. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ty Ganji, his his run game. You know, we look at him as one of these um, That's mobile what? quarterbacks, and he struggled again this week. Well. Granted that with college stats, rush sacks do count for your rushing numbers. So he had seven rushes for negative five yards. Um, we never, re- we didn't really see the read option a lot, but that's something that I think that Nevada might try to utilize more. I think we might see that um, that like we might see the old Nevada with the pistol, and then they run the read option. We might see a lot of different variations of of the pistol and I think especially as time goes on you get more accustomed to this to this offense you can expand the playbook you can run different formations and full defenses so we talked about Ganji I want to talk about the game as a whole now you know we it was uh it was a rough one for sure uh Nevada is now 0-5 uh after losing to Fresno insert sad music <laughs> insert sad music uh, lost 41 to 21. And a lot of that was in the first quarter. I mean, the first half. And it was rough to watch. It was it was painful to watch, a lot of it. Um, it the defense could not stop uh, Marcus McMarion. You went 24 of 32, 296, two TDs, and only one interception. And that's something we've seen a lot with Nevada. Their past defense. Yeah. It's about as bad as their uh, as bad as their run defense was last year. Yeah, their pass defense has been really struggling, and I want to play a, a clip from the press conference on Tuesday uh, from Norvell. Um, we got to find a way to play better pass defense. Um, we have too many good players, um, but they're really you know it it's base fundamentals right now. Now uh, playing off of blocks, 
making tackles in space um, that we really have to improve on. You know, many of the passes were short passes that we have to react to and take the proper angles, play off blocks, and make tackles. Uh, so we got to whittle that yardage down, and that's an area of improvement we're working hard on. Yeah, the pass, de- the pass defense has been really struggling. We, we were watching the game, and we were mentioning the pass just looks weak right now. And I remember when we talked to Jeff Castile uh, early in the season, he was like, there's no problem with my defense. Wrong. Wrong, Jeff Castile. I mean, now we're truly starting to show that your defense is falling apart a little bit here, and I think they got to step up and and make those the right reads, you know, come up, get their angles right. And it just comes with a lot of practice and a lot of scheming and uh, things like that. And it's one of those things where it's like it's not going to change overnight, which in an 0-5 team you kind of need some some things to change overnight. You need that easy fix right now. And I think that might even become where, where all this quarterback changing is up because we're looking for that quick fix and it's not coming. So we're going to have to play the long game here. We we also at practice sat down talked with uh, senior offensive lineman Austin Corbett and he, and one thing he said that to help boost morale is that although they might be zero and five as a, on a whole record they're only zero and one in conference so that that and anything can happen in this conference Nevada can still win the Mountain West which is still a, a shocker. Yeah, they they definitely could. Come we can back win the and... Mountain West with a record of seven and five, <laughs> and so that w- that would just mean that Nevada rattles seven seven wins in a row against tough opponents. But I think that I think that that's, that's it, a little bit of dreaming, right? It's there. a little bit of dreaming, but it's also a possibility. You never know in the Mountain West. Like we've seen some crazy stuff happen. Yeah, I mean, the Mountain West, the competition is so close together uh, that anything can happen. It's not like well, there's two teams. There's there's a few teams above everyone else. Yeah, Boise, and, San Diego. But and Nevada has historically been on that upper end of the Mountain West. You know, we're not the San Jose State uh, of the Mountain West. We're not usually we're not in their caliber. We're up in the the Boise caliber. You know, but some we what we get we back we go back and forth a lot. You know, it, it, we're, we struggle with our, with our uh, consistency. I want to talk about defense a little bit more. Uh, rush defense uh, didn't do very well either. 192 yards on the ground and one touchdown. Yeah. But I don't think the ground defense is really the, the biggest issue right now. I think it is definitely the passing defense. I think that it is the issue, but I think that um – if you especially look at Mountain West play, they have a lot of tendency to to run the ball. Like uh, Rashad Penny of San Diego State, he's been a beast um, all season long. Um, and you look at a lot of these other Mountain West teams, they tend to run the ball. So that's – I wonder if these teams are going to stick with their run tendencies or are they going to switch and throw the ball all, all over this defense. Yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, a lot of these teams in the Mountain West rely on their rushing de- on their rushing offense – and it's gonna and it's gonna be interesting to see if they change that up when they come and play uh, us bec- because our rush defense isn't terrible. I mean, it's not it's not the best, but our passing defense is where we really struggle, and that's where you can you can get where you can pull a fast one on us. You know, you can get good uh, 
you can get a bunch of touch, touchdowns on us in the air, but are these teams that aren't historically um, air heavy, are they going to transition to that for us? No, you're completely right. It'll be interesting to see, especially especially against Hawaii this coming week, as Hawaii last year <laughs> ran the ball all over us. They ran for, what was it? They ran for 40 times for 359 yards. So that's a that's that's a lot. That's a lot even for like a quarterback to be passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, the last year's game against Hawaii was uh, impressive on their part for sure. Um, but yeah, um, this this game is should be an interesting one this week. But getting getting, I want to talk a few things about Fresno State. Nevada could not stop Keyshawn, jo- Keyshawn Johnson. He was the kryptonite to Nevada's pass defense. He had seven passes for 104 yards and three touchdowns. That's a great fantasy day. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine if they had college fantasy? Oh, my God. A Mountain West fantasy team. He- I'd have everyone that's playing Nevada. <laughs> Every receiver that plays Nevada in the Mountain West. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's who- Every quarterback. That's who you start. Yeah. But with the loss, Nevada now becomes one of only seven teams without a win. Florida State got a win this past weekend. Um, so, rightfully so. Rightfully, rightfully so. so. so they're they, didn't, still, they didn't belong on that list. No, they're still at the bottom of the pack. They are ranked 118th out of 130 FBS schools. So we're not last. But we're certainly not first. Yeah. Uh, we're a long ways away from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Even though we had a quarterback from Alabama. <laughs> Alabama never escapes this show. R.I.P. Cornwell. Yeah. Anyway, let's start talking a little bit about Hawaii, uh, this upcoming game. We we were talking this week, Garrett, you and I, about uh, how are we going to get fans to come out to this game. And uh, it looks like they're promoting fireworks at halftime. That's the one way to get people Ooh. out there. Yeah. Um that's like the big seller of this game. It's not like any type of game. Um, fireworks, though, at halftime. Fireworks, yo. Ooh, pretty. <laughs> anyway, Hawaii opens up as uh, 3.5 point favorites. Three and a, yeah, three and a half point favorites. Um, there is no over under yet. There is no money line yet. But it's still early in the week, so give it time. I'm sure Nevada, Hawaii is their top, is, is uh, Vegas's top priority to find, uh, to find out who um, to get a money line for, uh, but but you know this game is going to be an interesting one to see. I mean, I don't I don't think I think Hawaii has been struggling with their consistency as well. So we, I think if anyone if this game is going to be any if any game in our comp and that we played so far other than maybe Toledo, this one is like the most like even fight. Yeah, I expect this game to be a shootout. I expected at the beginning of the season that we would have a shootout with Washington State. Didn't happen. We got absolutely destroyed. And so this is this should be a very big shootout because both both teams offensively get the same amount of yards per game. And so that I think that it's going to be a scoring game. The defenses are both are going to look awful. There's no doubting that. And I think that I'm not going to give my predictions just yet, but I think that whoever wins the turnover battle will win this game. 
I agree. I, I want to play uh, another quote from Norvell in the press conference. Listen to this. You know, they do some different things. Um, they're kind of a team like us. They're trying to find themselves, trying to find more consistency in their play. Um, you know, they make you defend a lot of different things, a lot of formations. They do a lot, a lot of scheme. And so you just have to be sound against that. Um, you know, they're going to be balanced offensively. The running back does a nice job. Their quarterback's a good, a good little operator. They have some good receivers. And they're an aggressive team. You know, they play hard uh, on both sides of the ball. So, you know, for us, we need to be sound. All right, so comparison. We have Ganji starting for us, who threw, what was it, three games? He's thrown for 729 yards, six TDs, and five interceptions. And on the other side of the game, you got Drew Brown, who has thrown for 1,400 yards, 10 TDs, and but six picks. And you look at the rushing yards, like Hawaii, and Hawaii still got a really good running game. They got Diosami St. Justy. Jace, he's yeah, got that was, that was really butchered. <laughs> that was so butchered. Yo, look at his look at his name and no, I I would do the same thing. I I understand. <laughs> he's got uh, 120 about 120 carries for 651 yards, but only three touchdowns. While Jackson Kincaid has 47 carries for 259 yards. So I think that it's gonna be this is gonna be one one hell of an offensive game. I think that it's something that you're gonna want to tune in tune in because I don't think either defense can stop these offenses and I think these offenses are so flip-flops you know we're very uh, pass heavy and they're very run heavy they're... so it'll be interesting to see how the defenses respond to that you know Hawaii's defense I'm sure is used to playing against a run heavy team practicing against a run heavy team and then we're used to practicing against pass heavy teams and so it's going to be interesting to see how they can adjust to this um, in one week this will be the, also the battle of the losing streaks. As we've mentioned, Nevada's on a five-game losing streak. Hawaii's on a three-game losing streak where they lost to UCLA, Wyoming, and Colorado State. Now, these are three really good schools. So, Nevada should only be on, like, a two-game losing streak. Yeah, so th- this will be interesting to see. You know, I think that, as I said before, this is the most even fight that we've had so far this season. Um and I'm interested to see. Uh, I think it's most uh, it's most important to see how these players are going to be responding to it another game after five weeks of straight losses for Nevada. We don't we haven't had that that ability to win a game and and feel that camaraderie and get that boost of energy. You know, it's all been a kind of a downhill spiral for Nevada so far. But uh, I want to play another clip from the press conference. This time it's from. Z- uh, Zayed Damanhori, he's an offensive lineman. Listen to this. Uh, I think what it's going to really come down to is whether people go into the slumps and just assume the season's done with. We are 0-5 now, and so some people might have already thought, started to believe that the season's done, and as a team, we can't. We have to stay together, stay as a unit, and continue to strive to do better so that we can come out on top. So, you know, I, I agree with Zayed. I think that it's important to stay positive at this point. You know, and I think 
and which is so weird coming from me because I've been so pessimistic this this season. Uh, but I've been I've been really been playing devil's advocate and saying that you know what if we lose? What if we're doing this? What if all this stuff is happening? You know, and that's kind of like my mentality with this whole season. Um, but yeah, staying positive, uh, like you said earlier, with, when we talked to Austin Corbett. It's important to remember that they're only 0-1 in conference, and there's still a lot of football left. There's still a lot that can happen. A lot can change. Um, you know, I think a big another big issue this week, other than just trying to stay positive, is the fact that we got a couple players that are questionable to start. Uh, we got Gabe Sewell with his ankle, Brandon Scott, and Jaden Sawyer. I think one of them's got a concussion in, uh, going through concussion protocol and all that good stuff. Um, would could be an issue, but we got plenty of guys willing to step up, and we've been doing that all season. So I think we're not going to see a huge um, loss there. And I think uh, – and okay, one more big thing that I think we got to talk about is um, fans and if they're going to be coming out to this game. You know, Nevada, they're not elastic fans. We don't come out to a losing team. We barely come out to a winning team. So – the fact that we're 0-1-5, I think the student section is going to be bare. Everyone's going to rather stay home and drink and not even going to make it past the tailgate. <laughs> um, and then the people that are actually paying to come watch this, it's it's going to be rough for them. I don't I don't know if people are going to be willing to pay that the money to get a seat to come to come watch their team lose. Especially, it's going to be a it's the weather's changing. You know, it's 45 degrees out today. It's going to be a cold Saturday game in according, Mackey. According to ESPN, it should be 81, which I don't buy because it's a 7:30 game time. Let's let's check. Yeah, I don't let's believe check that. The one forecast. bit. One bit. It's supposed to be a. That Saturday is actually supposed to be 80. So you know what? Maybe the weather turns around. Maybe it's a nice day. Maybe it's a fantastic day for football, and people come out. I will be over the moon. If we get uh, a good crowd out, a nice cheering section uh, for Nevada, I think that they need it, especially for this game against Hawaii. If people if people understand that this is the most on-par team that we could be playing right now, and this is our best bet of getting that, that one win, uh, I think people might come out and might show their support. Let's give predictions. Predictions. I like it. All right. Garrett, you want to go first? No, you want to go first. I want to go first. Oh, man. All right. Uh, man. This is a tough one. If I'm giving an honest prediction, I'm I'm playing the spread, and I think in Hawaii he's winning by uh, seven. Okay, so you are t- you're you're going for Nevada. See, no, I think I'm going for Hawaii. Okay, I think Hawaii's yeah, yeah. in a win. Mm-hmm. See, I honestly think that this. This team, it's going to come out. Nevada is going to get their first win of the season. It's going to be a three-point game. I'm going to say somewhere in the lines of like 33 to 30 or like somewhere along those lines. I think it's a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a fun game. And a lot of fans are going to be pissed about defense. So you do you also think it's uh, going to be a shootout you said earlier, right? Do so you think it's going to be really similar to the uh, the Super Bowl between the Panthers and the Patriots when it came down to that field goal in the last second of the game? God, that's a reference from like 2004. I know. I, I just watched a clip of this the other day, and so it like brought up to my mind thing, like this would be the game because you got the one team on the ground and the one team in the air. It's a pretty good it's it, a pretty good analogy of what, of what we're thinking we're going to expect. You know, I think it goes the other way around. I think that the kicking team's going to have 
that that last the, not the kicking the running team's gonna have that last score. Um, I think it's, it, I think I think it's gonna be an interesting game. I think it, it should be. I, I'm excited. I love it when when we're not on par with this game because we can come back next week and we can Didn't trash we, talk each other. <laughs> I predicted. No. Because because I what was your what was your midseason what was your preseason prediction six and six and I I, you, I understand that but did you predict Nevada to win this game or lose because oh man I can't I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure I predicted Nevada to lose but I'm going against my pick. All right, so my prediction we we flip flopped. I I predicted us to win against Hawaii and you predicted us to lose. That's interesting. I want to see so who who's winning this so far? You are in the preseason. I'm I am. Because I think we both predicted a Northwestern loss. Mm-hmm. You predicted a Toledo loss. Yep. So you're two for two. I pre- I'm oh, I'm one and one. We both predicted Nevada to beat Idaho State. So you're now two for three. I'm one for three. Washington State lost for both. So three for four. Two for four. Well, how'd your Fresno? We we both predict. We we both predicted a win against Fresno. So you're three for five. I'm. Two for five. Ooh, and I'm winning by one, and then. But this week, but this week, week so this week we could either. This week's gonna be the determined. You know, I I could either because because out, outright, I think the rest of the games are the same. Yeah, the rest of the games are the same. So this week is the det- is the determining factor is who won who won the preseason predictions, me or Garrett, you know, and that's, that's gonna be an interesting one, especially because we're like. Flip flopping our our ideas at this point in the season, you know, I'm thinking that we're gonna lose, and you're thinking that we're gonna win. So, we've got our our current season, we've got our preseason predictions going at you live on this recording. Something really great was announced by Nevada Athletics this week in response to the Las Vegas shooting. Nevada football will be adding a Las Vegas ribbon to their helmet for the rest of the season, and I think this is great. I think that it shows the solidarity of the state with the one Nevada with the hashtag one Nevada thing. Um, I think it's, it's a really good gesture by Nevada football and that we're going to be seeing it all season just shows that we're not going to forget this and we're going to keep remembering and keep praying and keep hoping for these people that were affected uh, by the shooting. I think this is a really touching move and I think that this is a move that is well thought out. A lot of, a lot of members of this Nevada football team are from Vegas. So they have, they might know people who are affected. Um, I wonder if this is going to replace the Mark Moss sticker, the 59, with the... Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't... Um, or will it just... I or will I wonder if it will be, like, side-by-side. Side. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. That'd be kind of cool to have them side-by-side. Side. You know, Nevada's here to to remember and to... Um, to, sh- to, to remember and to show... Support. Support for... For the Those who've going, lost, yeah, the, for for what's going on around us, you know, and if, I think Nevada, as a whole, our state is very close knit. Even though Vegas is hundreds of miles away, we're all one Nevada. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on this. I want to move on. Soccer has been struggling uh, this entire season with two losses uh, this past week: one to Air Force, two to one, and one to Colorado College, one to zero. Um, one good thing that came out of it. Uh, this week, though, Garrett, is uh, during that game at Colorado College, uh, junior goalie Lauren uh, Horace Daniel uh, got into the record books for 
third uh, most saves in Nevada history with 13 in a single game. Uh, that was really cool. And so we thought that was such a great statistic that we even brought her on the show. Uh, take a look at the interview uh, that we had this week. Lauren, thank you so much for joining Pack Center on the show today. Uh, congratulations on your 13 saves in a game. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that is impressive. All right, so first off, I want to ask you, how did it feel to, to find out that you had tied the record, uh, third in the record book for Nevada, and your first year of starting? It's impressive. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I didn't really... I don't know. I guess I was still angry from losing the game a little bit when I found out. But after a while, it sunk in. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm in the record books now. It was really cool. Um, and then afterwards, I looked up what the record book actually was and, like, what I needed to do to get to first place. So, yeah. <laughs> so how much more do you have to do to get to first place? Um, the person who has the most saves in a single game is 16. So I only need to get to three to tie for first. Hmm. Yes. I think... I think you can do it. You got a little yeah. bit left of a season. Yeah, so. we had, we still have a, like quite a few games. So were you sitting there taking mental notes during the game? Like, did you have any idea how many saves you had? I thought I had more than thirteen. So, <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I always think I have more than I actually do. I always look at the stats afterward. And I'm like, wait, I only had eight saves that game. I swear, I was on the ground fifteen five fifty five <laughs> times. So how did you actually find out? Did someone on the team tell you afterwards? Or? No, they um. Whoever does our tweets for Nevada women's soccer, they tweeted at me and said that I tied the record and whatever. And then it was in the article after the game that they do. So you so. didn't even find it out until you got home? No, not till afterwards. No, the coaches yeah. didn't mention it, nothing like that? No, you got, they did You got to check them Twitter mentions. I, you have to. Right when I looked at my phone, I read the tweet. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Did you called celebrate afterwards? <laughs> called yeah, I called my mom. It's like, Mom, did you read it? And she follows everything. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, I already retweeted it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool, Mom. <laughs> so, yeah, she already knew. And then the whole family knew. And my mom, like, shared the article on Facebook. And everybody shared it off of that. So I'm pretty much a superstar back home. It's fine. <laughs> do, your, do your family come to a lot of games? Or no, not really? Um, yeah, my grandparents were actually just up here this past weekend, and we were in Arizona a couple weeks ago, and my parents and sister drove down, and my grandparents also went to those games as well, but, um, other than that, not really, just because my sister back home, she's in high school, and she's doing three sports right now, wow. so she has kind of a hectic schedule, so my parents kind of cater to that more than making a eight-hour drive up to Reno from Vegas to come see me play. But we are going to UNLV this year at the end of October, so they'll see me then. I want to talk a little bit more about this game where you tied the record. Okay. You know, I think that's, like, the biggest deal right now. And <laughs> Do you think that was your best game? Um, Probably one of them. I think that game is probably pretty close to Portland State that we played in preseason a couple, maybe a month ago or two. Um, that was a really close game too. We lost one zero in overtime yet again, but I think I had a lot of saves in that game as well. And I don't know, it's been, it's taken a while to kind of get used to the level of play. Cause I mean, obviously I've been here for two years, but, um, actually playing in a game situation and like getting used to how fast they actually play, uh, was, took me a second to get used to cause playing in club and high school and stuff, it's not remotely close to how we play now but yeah I think that was one of my best games for sure how has the transition been you mentioned that it, it was kind of rough at first getting used to the speed is it has it gotten a little bit easier I mean yeah definitely I mean practicing for 
two years. And then I also got to play in the spring last year after Kelsey quote unquote retired or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been a transition. I was not used to it when I first came. They were just like, everybody's so fast, everybody's so big, everybody's so strong. And I would go up for a ball and not get the ball. And I was like, wait, no, that, I'm not used to that. I, um, in high school, it was just easy to just go and nobody would really tackle you or anything like that. But now it's everybody's super strong and everybody hits the ball really hard. So it's taken a little while to get used to it. But I think I definitely have. You know, I, I don't want to dwell too much on the last the season so far, you know, but you yes. did show a little frustration when you mentioned your loss to Portland. Yes. Can you talk to me a little bit about the frustration this season and how that's been? It, this season's hard. We um, we lost eight seniors last year, so we already had a smaller roster than we really wanted. And then we just had a lot of unforeseen injuries this year. I think we've had like four or five concussions. Some of them are in preseason. We lost um, a really important player in our second game. She broke her foot, so, and she's out for the rest of the season. And people are coming in with ACL tears, and so we've just like are really injury strucken, stricken. So it's kind of unfortunate, and it's frustrating because there's nothing we can really do about it. So I mean, we're doing the best with what we have, but it's just hard because we. A big thing for soccer is like being able to like have a game like practice and like being able to play 11 v 11 in practice and we don't have the numbers for that. I think the biggest we've ever played was 8 v 8. So it kind of it's hard. It's hard to prepare for that when we already don't have a lot of players and then we lose even more players. So I think one weekend we traveled with 14 or 15 players. And we play with 11 on the field at a time. So we ended up starting a game with nine players, nine healthy players, and ended a game with seven. So it's just frustrating because we don't we don't have the numbers that we want. And, I mean, at this point, like, obviously we're not getting the results that we want either. So that adds to the frustration. But just knowing there's nothing we can really do about it is the worst part, I think. It must be frustrating not having, like, the infrastructure in the team there. And it's, yeah. and it's not from lack of trying either. No. We, I mean, we, we are very – I think we're a very hardworking team and we put everything we have out there and it's just it's just not in our cards right now but I mean we're we're working on it. We are really we started like this new formation and we're trying to perfect that right now and I mean it's been keeping us in games a lot closer than what they have in the past. So that's fine. I guess I think we just need to keep working hard and just like get through this season and we have I think 12 people coming in next year so we'll have a lot more bodies at least so and I mean our talent is there we have a lot of really good players it's just we have the unfortunate reality of having half of them being injured you know but yeah you guys did some open tryouts mid-season yes. has anyone new come onto the team recently um we did have I think three people try out two of which were my roommates <laughs> um they did I think make the team, but my coaches really wanted them just as practice players this season. And they're both on the club team as well. And they were kind of stuck in the middle of, well, if I join this team, I won't play yet. I'll play in the spring and then possibly next fall. And, or I could stay on my club team here and get 90 minutes a game. So it's kind of a, a really hard decision for them because they both really wanted to be on the team but it was just not really what they were looking for at the at the time. Yeah, it's so hard when you're having that opportunity to play 
or play at a different level mm-hmm. and you're not actually going to get any yeah. playing time. So I, I understand their decision to not join the team, but yeah. it, it does suck for, for you and our soccer. It does. It does. It's really um, unfortunate, but yeah. But you guys still have some more season left, and we we wish you guys the best of luck, Thank of you. course. Um, so we did mention Kelsey Quintos a little bit earlier in the show, and I want to ask you, how was she as a mentor to you now that you're in the starting role and you had to learn from her for the last three years? Um, Kelsey was great. I love Kelsey. Um, she's always, hmm, she's always, like, a positive person, especially in practice. I mean, as a goalkeeper, they always say, like, the starting spot isn't, it's up for grabs always. So it was a very competitive training environment between us. And then my freshman year, we had four goalkeepers and it wasn't just me and her. So it was even more competitive, but she was a great mentor. I think she just in game like situations, she was always positive and like was stern when she needed to be. And same thing in practice. Like if we're joking around in practice, she was like, okay, you guys, we need to, we need to get this done and we need to focus right now. And that really hit me hard because, I mean, I was a freshman in college, still really immature. And, I mean, I probably still am. But <laughs> compared to my freshman year, I've come a very long You've way. You've grown up. I've grown a little bit. And she, like, kind of whipped me into shape a little bit. And now, like, I find myself, like, doing that to our freshman girls and, like, doing the things that she's done I'm now doing so I mean I think Kelsey was a great mentor like on and off the field so do you look to take the same approach with freshman goalie Jamie Flynn like the mentorship honestly yeah I do I think I mean Jamie and I are really good friends we get along incredibly well and we but we know like now I mean towards the beginning of the season she was kind of a freshman a freshman yeah and but me and our goalkeeper coach Katie we kind of just we told her like this is practice like this is time to focus there's a time to joke around there's a time to be silly but there's also a time to like kick it into gear and get it done kind of thing and I think she's done a really really good job I mean sometimes both of us will get off off of task and like we'll be in la la land and we'll have to reel ourselves back in but I think for the most part like Jamie's done really good with that so, yeah, what you're saying, like, almost like what Kelsey had to, like, do to you like, yeah, when you were a freshman. exactly. Kelsey had to whip me a couple times, and I've had to do it a couple times to Jamie as well. So, I have to say yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I ask about Kelsey because when she, we had her on the show last year, she mentioned that after one, – one of the other things that she wants to do with soccer one day is become a coach. And so, I really wanted to know about her leadership skills and how mm-hmm. she trained you. And it seems like she would be a good fit for being – to be a coach one day I completely agree she was um our captain uh since I've been here and she's always just held a really I've always had a really high respect for Kelsey and, and I mean obviously like I can go to her and like joke around and like mess with her but there's also like that level of like you really are like someone that I would look up to and aspire to be like and I think she would be an amazing coach honestly she has great leadership skills and she knows the game of soccer really well so, yeah. Do you still keep in contact with her? Yeah. Um, she works in our athletic department right now um, for the academic side of athletics. So I see her every day. <laughs> it's nice. I get to see a friendly face. Something we're really interested here on Pack Center is um, – oh, there's actually a couple of things. We always like uh, good stories about adversity. We, when we had James Butler on last year, we talked about um, – a friend of his who passed away midseason and how that affected him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing is we like to talk about player first. You know, this being your 
your first season starting. I want to know what was that first game like for you? Nerve wracking. It was it was intense. I mean, I was super pumped. I was super excited to like hear my name, like Lauren Horst Daniels, like playing in goal. Like that was awesome. And like running out and having everybody cheer. It was surreal. But um, my nerves kind of got the best of me in the first game. I was like, oh my gosh, it's my first like actual college game. It's not a spring game where it doesn't mean as much. Like this is a game that actually matters. And like I have to do good. And then I think we went 15, 20 minutes and then I got scored on. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this is horrible. But I think getting scored on actually like cut me. Just, I was just like, okay, I got scored on. Let's let's go. Let's get a goal back. Let's not get scored on again. And I, my nerves were a lot less. That kind of snap you back into reality yeah, snap, a little bit. Exactly, exactly. Looking forward on the schedule, uh, is there any games that you're really pumped for, you're really excited for? And you mentioned that UNLV, your parents are going to come. And yes. That must be a big one for you. Yes, UNLV is probably the one I'm looking forward to most because it is in Vegas and that's where I'm from. So I have a lot of family, a lot of old teammates, a lot of friends that I used to go to high school with. Um, they're all coming to the game. So it's going to be a good show. Plus, I have old teammates that are actually on UNLV right now. So I'm very excited for that game. So the competition must be extreme, especially going yes. up against your old old teammates. Yes, and people always ask me, like, well, you're from Vegas. Why did you just go to UNLV? And I'm like, oh, no, they're my rival. I can't. I can't go now. There's no way. <laughs> There's no going back. There's no coming back. I came here. There's no turning back now. Well, once you become blue, there's no, there's there's no, no turning back. Oh, no I red. would never be red. Never be red. But um, I think another game that I'm really excited for is this Friday, um, Wyoming. I have an old teammate that I was really close to playing and she was injured last year so I didn't get to play against her or obviously I didn't play against her but or even see her last year but this year she's back and she's playing and she's playing like every minute so I'm very excited to see her on the other side of the field and not like have to yell at her and direct her it's weird <laughs> so this record-setting performance is it really gonna inspire you to do better this game and probably the rest of the season Honestly, yeah, I kind of just want to keep going and see how many saves I can get. You got to get past 16. I 17 know, is the goal. I have to. It really is. 17 is the goal. I mean, 16 would be nice. I'd tie for first, but I really need 17 so I can set the new standard. And I was talking to my teammates the just other day. Tell I was like, just let them come a little bit. Just, just let them come. You should tell your friend at Wyoming just to shoot the ball at you 17 times yes, and just, just like make sure her, that you make the save. Yes, like hit them nicely to me so I can make an easy save. But let me get the stats, bro. Like, come on, be a pal. Every little bit counts. So we're running out of time here on this interview. Okay. So I wanted to ask you one more question before we go. Is there anything you want to say to Wolfpack fans? You know, we talked about a little bit about how the season's been. Anything you want to say to them that so they can come out and support the team? Um, I would just say that I know our record isn't really what anybody wants to see, but um, I think that we are the hardest working team that I have ever experienced. And even though we may not win every game and we may not score very many goals, like we're still a very fun team to watch and to be around and to just experience. Plus, we always do better when we have a lot of fans. So, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be out there on Friday. I'm planning to, to go and watch the game. Oh, nice. So, can't wait to see you play there. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on to PAC Center. Really appreciate it. It was yeah, a great interview. You. And good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
You know, Garrett, that was a great interview we had with Lauren. I'm really happy she came on the show with us. Uh, I think that we had a good time doing that interview. Uh, I honestly didn't know all the stuff that was going on with Nevada soccer. I had no idea that they were so injury prone, and that was the um, the reason why they've been struggling this season. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, they do have a lot of talent, and I'm excited to see that uh, – they are putting in the hard work, and they are a really hardworking team. They've got to be a hardworking team at this point because they have been struggling so much. You're you're right. Like to the ordinary person, like they didn't know that this Nevada soccer team has gone through so many injuries that they can't even get an eleven on eleven practice. And I can I can see how that is hard for the team, like when they can't like scrimmage against each other. But Lauren did mention some good some good reasons on why Wolfpack fans should come out to the next games this week they have um, a game on Friday against Wyoming and then another game on Sunday against Colorado State fans should fans should come out and support as mentioned in the interview Jordan's gonna be there yep I'm trying to go out to this game on Friday I'm not it's not 100% that I'm gonna be there but I'm gonna try my best to go out tomorrow and and support the team. I won't be there. I'm going to be rooting on my Dodgers as they it's game one of the NLCS or NLDS. My bad. So you're going to be sitting home in your nice warm apartment, and I'm going to be out there in the cold watching some soccer. Bundle up, buddy. Bundle up. Oh, that's my plan. I'm going to bring a blanket. Uh, I got a nice Nevada blanket that my mom made me. Oh, they're perfect. How cute. It is cute, man. You know what you also need? You need gloves. You might Ooh, need some gloves. That's a good. That's a good point. You, might need you know. Gloves. You know. I'm, you got. Gotta, you got your Nevada beanie. I do have a Nevada beanie. I'll bring that as well. I, I Check me out there. I'm going to be an all-Nevada gear, bundled up, looking like an icicle, jo- but it's okay. And there's a possibility Jordan might live-tweet it if he can, ty- if he can type. <laughs> if, I, if I can move my fingers, I will try to live-tweet this game for you guys. Um, again, follow us on uh, Twitter at PackCenterNB. Um, that's probably enough about soccer. We spent the last tw- uh, 15, 20 minutes talking about it, so let's move on to volleyball. Uh, another team that has had two losses this week. Uh, one on Thursday they lost to Fresno State three to one, and then on Saturday they lost to San Diego State three nothing. Uh, this is another team that has been struggling. They've had a couple good wins this year, but overall it's been a, a struggle. As for a lot of our Nevada sports this semester, uh, it's been pretty sad actually. <laughs> how how uh, how lose prone how losing prone we've been this year. Yeah, I think if one sport picks it up, I think the follow, the other sports will follow as such. Yeah, we just need to get the I momentum this, going as a this, school. Let's I get some wins. I think this all stems with football. If football wins this week, I think everyone else will get on like a winning streak. Volleyball currently sits with a record of 4-12. and 12. Two, of the, two out of those wins come in conference, and they have a conference record of 2-2. Two and two. They have home games this, uh, this coming week, two of them. They got one today against New Mexico, and then another one against... Cross state rival, Unlov, 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 UNLV. So, you know, I think that volleyball is kind of in the same boat as football. We talked earlier in this show about how football they are, um, they're they're zero and one in conference. You know, that means that they still have a chance to do something good with the season. And I think volleyball is in the same position. No, two and two isn't a terrible record. Uh, especially early in conference, they have a lot of games left. They play two games a week. You know, and um, a game against New Mexico and a game against UNLV. If they can win, at least have uh, at least one win or win both these games, if we're lucky, uh, we'll be in good standings with the conference. And I think volleyball will get that mom- momentum going back on. But 
coming off two losses, it might be kind of rough. They're, they're currently tied with New Mexico in the standings with a 2-2 two and two conference record. However, UNLV, or UNLV, is all the way down at the bottom with an 0-4 conference record, and their total record is 4-13. and UNLV is also on a nine-game losing streak. So we, we're in a good position to, to change our momentum and get some uh, Ws on our, uh, on our record, which would be great. I, I'd love to see volleyball turn their, their selves around. And as you said earlier, once one team starts winning, the rest might follow. And I think I still think that Nevada football is going to lose this week. But, you know, I'm very loose on that. I think that it's going to be a close game. And, it, and it's honestly anyone's game. I think it's really evenly matched up. And we both were split here on that one. So we could have a, a really good week this week with some wins. And I think that soccer, with me being there, might have a – a chance as well. You might be there. Good luck, Charm fam. I might be there. Good luck, Charm, which means I have to go to all the games, which is going to be exhausting, to be honest. Look, it's going to be hard for Nevada Volleyball to catch Boise State and Colorado State. They are the, they're the front runners of this conference. They're 4-0. They always seem to be really good at volleyball, So, but you never know. You know, no, no, no. I'm not looking for uh, a title-winning season for volleyball. I'm looking for an exciting season for them. You know, I want them to – to have some good wins and have some good plays and uh, the team to walk out feeling accomplished. And that's all, I, that's all I really want for them. You know, I don't want them feeling defeated and I don't want any of my teams feeling defeated. We're really running out of time here on our first hour long show. And thank you so much. If you listened all the way through You're a true fan, we appreciate it. Um, and again, that's the end of our show. Thank you for turning, tuning into pack center. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Burns here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at pack center and B. And a like on Facebook for all your Nevada athletic news and updates. From the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, and KWNK uh, 97.7, go Wolfpack! Oh, my God.